Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Hey, good morning and happy Monday, faithful listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Bible Explained podcast, where we're going to be discussing Numbers chapter 29 today. And fasten your seatbelts, because we're going to be talking a lot about sacrifices today again. (laughs) So we've definitely got more to talk about when it comes to sacrifices. So let's go ahead and read this Numbers chapter 29, literally the entire thing, except I'm not going to read it all at one time but it's all the way to verse 40. But to start, I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 16 today. So grab your Bible, whatever version you prefer, and your cup of coffee or your cup of tea, and let's read Numbers 29, 1 through 16. I'll be reading at the W.E.B. version today. In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no regular work. It is a day of blowing trumpets to you. You shall offer the burnt offering for a pleasant aroma to Yahweh, one young bull, one ram, seven male lambs a year old without defect, and their meal offering, fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths for the bull, two-tenths for the ram, and one-tenth for every lamb of the seven lambs, and one male goat for a sin offering to make atonement for you, in addition to the burnt offering of the new moon with its meal offering and the continual burnt offering with its meal offering and their drink offerings according to their ordinance for a pleasant aroma, an offering made by fire to Yahweh. On the tenth day of the seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall afflict your souls, and you shall do no kind of work. But you shall offer a burnt offering to Yahweh for a pleasant aroma, one young bull, one ram, seven male lambs a year old, all without defect, and their meal offerings, fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths for the bull, two-tenths for the one ram, one-tenth for every lamb of the seven lambs, one male goat for a sin offering, in addition to the sin offerings of the atonement, and the continual burnt offering and its meal offering, and their drink offerings." On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no regular work, and you shall keep a feast to Yahweh for seven days. You shall offer a burnt offering, an offering made by fire, of a pleasant aroma to Yahweh, thirteen young bulls, two rams, fourteen male lambs a year old, all without defect, and their meal offering, the fine flour mixed with oil, three-tenths of every bull of the thirteen bulls, two-tenths for each ram of the two rams, and one-tenth for every lamb of the fourteen lambs, and one male goat for a sin offering, in addition to the continual burnt offering, its meal offering, and its drink offering. So that's where I'm going to stop for now and talk about the details that God gives here regarding the feasts. We already talked about the continual burnt offering, which we talked about last Wednesday. And then we talked about the two special offerings that were supposed to be made, one for each new moon, in other words, at the beginning of the month, and then one for each Sabbath day. And so these were supposed to be done in addition to the continual burnt offering. And the continual burnt offering was literally supposed to happen every single day, morning and evening. And that was God's food. (laughs) That's what he calls it. But these other offerings are kind of special. So now God goes into more of the holidays that he gave his people. We talked a little bit about Passover, um, I believe on Friday also, which was another holiday that special offerings were supposed to be made. And then what was the other, um, what was the other holiday? I think there was another one. 
Oh, yeah, the first fruits. That's what it was. The day of the first fruits. So we talked about all that on Friday. And the reason God was reiterating all of this stuff and even adding in additional sacrifices that the people were supposed to do was because the people, I mean, this was a brand new generation of people. They were the children of the people that died in the wilderness because the people who died in the wilderness uh, died in their sins because they disobeyed Yahweh. They were rebellious. They were trying to like uh, kill Moses on a handful of occasions. We see that the people even picked up stones to try to stone Moses and the high priest Aaron, which obviously was against God because God ordained Moses and Aaron for their roles. And the people going against Moses and Aaron was basically the people going against God. Similar to how the people went against Jesus when Jesus came to earth and Jesus says it's because they hate the father. And even nowadays, when Christians get persecuted for um, being Christians, basically, it is not because that they hate you specifically. It is actually because they hate Jesus and they hate God the Father. So the people died in their rebellion because they hated Moses. They hated Aaron, the high priest. So now God is reiterating all of this to a new generation of children that were about to take the promised land. And because they were about to take the promised land, because Moses was about to die, Aaron, the high priest had already died. And all of that was kind of um, over and done with. The age of Moses was ending and a new age was beginning for the people. So God has to lay these ground rules in place. And the one thing I really noticed that stuck out to me about all of this is the amount of detail that God gives. He's very, very specific with details because he doesn't want his people basically to just do it whatever way they want to do it and just be like, well, we didn't know. God was very clear with details. And I think that's a very important thing to recognize is that God is a God of details. He tells us to do very specific things even now in the New Testament that we should be paying attention to. Even though the Old Testament has been fulfilled and we don't have to do animal sacrifices anymore, the same God who put animal sacrifices in place for the atonement of the people, in other words, giving the people salvation through those sacrifices, he's the same God today. And since Yahweh was so uh, detail-oriented, Back in these days, of course, he's going to be detail oriented nowadays. There's like a whole movement, I guess, in the church. I've been really ragging on the Western. Uh, <laughs> if you've been listening to my past few episodes, I've probably ragged on Western culture like 20 times. I really am thankful to be living where I'm living just to throw that out there. But I see a lot of issues a lot of times, especially um, especially recently. For some reason, I've just been paying more attention to it. But <laughs> but anyway, the, the problem, I think, with the modern Christian movement that typically is in America is that we have a tendency to be like, oh, you know, God kind of just lets us do whatever we want to do. And it's it's wherever your heart wants to lead you. But that's so far from the truth. I mean, if we see how detail oriented God is here, we have to know that God is the same God yesterday, today and forever. That's what it says in the Bible. 
So of course, God doesn't just let us do whatever we want to do. And it's not about what we feel in the moment. It's not about uh, us following our hearts. It's us following God. It's us following the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we don't always know what the Holy Spirit wants us to do, but that doesn't mean that we just go out and do whatever we want to do. Instead, we sit down, we pray, we ask God about it, we search the scriptures to find an answer. I do believe that the Holy Spirit's guidance, I mean, he's called the the great counselor. I go to a counselor, actually, and he helps me a lot. He's helped me a lot over the years. And the fact that um, the Holy Spirit is called a counselor, I think is very, very important to recognize because I kind of think that we sort of forget about the Holy Spirit. We sort of forget that he truly can give us counsel. Now, I do think that that can also run into trouble with us just thinking that the Holy Spirit is giving us something when he's really not. So that's why an active prayer life and reading the scriptures and knowing what the Holy Spirit truly wants, knowing what God truly wants is very, very important for each of us. Because if we don't search the scriptures, we can be uh, tossed about by every single new teaching that basically comes our way. If we hear something we think is good, a lot of times um, we'll just be like, yeah, that sounds great without searching the scriptures to really know um, what it is that God wants us to do. I actually just read that today. Let me look that up real quick. Hang on a second here. <laughs> um, Right here it is. Okay, I just found it. It's Ephesians 4 verses, let's see here, 11 through 14. Here's what it says. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be like infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. It's so interesting how a lot of the stuff Paul writes about is the same things that are going on nowadays in the church. So Paul says that Christ gave us people filled with the Holy Spirit in order to guide us so that we can be mature in our faith and not uh, listen to every single new teaching that comes along that is anti-Christian. Even though it might claim to be Christian, which there is a lot of stuff out there that claims to be Christian, but totally is not. That doesn't mean it is, in fact, in line with what God wants. So we have to be very careful and we have to search the scriptures. And that is why it is important to go back to, you know, the book of Numbers and look at what God deemed important back in the book of Numbers because God is the same. So if we see that God is a God of details, then certainly he is today. And that can help us understand more of God's character and who he is by searching the scriptures and reading this stuff um, way back in the book of Numbers. But anyway, moving forward, he talks about the extra amount of sacrifices that are supposed to be done on the Feast of Trumpets, which was a joyous feast, I believe. Oh, and actually the Feast of Trumpets actually started last night. You might recognize it on your calendar. It is called Rosh Hashanah. So since today basically starts Rosh Hashanah, uh, let's see here. Nine facts you didn't know about Rosh Hashanah. Let's see. <laughs> From JewishLearning.com, myJewishLearning.com, it says 
It's traditional to eat fruit you haven't eaten for a long time on the second night of Rosh Hashanah. Apples and honey aren't the only symbolic foods traditionally enjoyed on Rosh Hashanah. Apparently also gummy fish are. (laughs) Okay. It says it's traditional to fast on the day after Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah was not always the Jewish New Year. Apparently it is now. And the chauffeur, the traditional ram's horn blown on Rosh Hashanah is stinky. (laughs) And it shows a picture of the horn. So those are some fun facts about Rosh Hashanah in case you were interested in the holiday, which starts today. But anyway, sacrifices aren't done anymore, but they were back in this day. And God requires an extra amount of sacrifices to be done on the Feast of Trumpets or on Rosh Hashanah, which once again started yesterday. So that's just a little fun fact for you guys. After this, uh, it talks about the Day of Atonement, which we did talk about quite a bit back in the book of Leviticus. And I thought the Day of Atonement was super cool. But if you want to learn more about um, the Day of Atonement, go back and listen to the episode I did about that in Leviticus. But a special sacrifice was supposed to be made on the Day of Atonement in addition to the one God had already told the people to do 40 years prior to this. And the Day of Atonement was supposed to be a not a very pleasant feast. This was a day for the people to remember their sins. This was a day to afflict their souls is what it says. They shall not do any kind of work and they shall afflict their souls. But that basically means that they were supposed to fast in some way, or at least that's what most people take it to mean is they're supposed to fast from food, afflict their souls. So after this, then God talks about this feast of tabernacles. What a fun feast. This one was supposed to be like super fun and people still celebrate it, obviously, to this day. And they go out outside and they put tents up or they make a shelter that they're supposed to live in for seven days outside. It's supposed to be just like a very fun, joyous occasion to remember how God took care of the Israelites through the wilderness. That's the point of it is to kind of give up the comforts of your home a little bit, have like a fun camping (laughs) camping session, I suppose, with your family for seven days. And it was a feast also. So this was a fun feast. But God talks about several offerings that need to be done here on each day of that week. So for seven days, the Feast of the Tabernacles or the Feast of Tents, out of all of the holidays that God gives, this was the most sacrifices that was supposed to be done out of every holiday, this specific one. So why would God ask for so many sacrifices on such a joyous occasion? Because if you continue reading uh, Numbers chapter 29, the entire thing to verse 40, it basically talks about every single day of the Feast of the Tabernacles, or by the way, it's called uh, Sukkot nowadays. You might have seen it in your calendar. It looks like suck it, (laughs) but it's definitely Sukkot. But it's a fun holiday. So, you know, why would God ask for so many sacrifices on a fun week-long holiday? Because here's what happens. It says here, verses 17, basically through the end of the chapter, that um, on the second day, you shall offer 12 bulls, two rams, 14 male lambs, a year old without defect. And then it keeps going to say what the sacrifice was on the third day, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day, and the seventh day. Now, 
each day decreased the number of sacrifices because you can see on the second day there's actually a lot of sacrifices 12 young bulls that's why i'm saying here that this holiday that god institutes definitely had the most sacrifices done so i think one of the reasons why god told the people to do so many sacrifices on such a joyous holiday was because sacrifices were also linked with thanksgiving and on top of that, one of these sacrifices was a sin offering. You can see here in verse 19 that a male goat was also sacrificed for a sin offering. And that was basically um, every single day of the week, a male goat was offered for the sin offering. But Thanksgiving goes hand in hand with joyousness. If we're not thankful for something that we have, we definitely cannot feel that joy that we as Christians are supposed to have. And so many times in scripture, it talks about how we are always supposed to be thankful. Be thankful for all things, basically. You know, as a whole, because of the amount of instant gratification that we've been accustomed to, we get very unthankful very quickly when we don't get instant gratification, <laughs> including myself. I uh, get very very, very unthankful very quickly when I feel that I should have something right now and I am not able to get it right now. For example, let me just tell you about the date I had with my husband on Saturday night. So <laughs> so my husband and I went out on this date and it ended up not being so good because we, we started fighting with each other because I was very unhappy with the fact that I was I was very hungry and everything was so crowded and so busy. And there was like an hour long wait for this restaurant I wanted to go to. So I got really mad really fast because I was hungry now and I just wanted to go in, get my hamburger and leave. And I was unable to do that. So we ended up um, going to an arcade that served food and I decided to get a hamburger there because I couldn't wait. And... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was not a good hamburger. It was absolutely horrific. And so I was very unhappy with my husband. <laughs> and the entire date kind of just got ruined. I'm going to be honest with you. Because I started a fight over it. I was quite unhappy. I was hungry. I was hangry. All the excuses in the book as to why I needed to start this fight. When honestly, I should have just been thankful over the fact that my husband was taking me out to begin with. But no, I, I was not thankful for that. And I ended up just being very upset. My husband was very upset and we ended up leaving the date unhappy with each other and fighting. So that was something where I was not able to be instantly gratified. And I got angry over the fact that I was unable to be instantly gratified. And it ended up just causing a problem rather than enjoying the date. So that's the thing. When I started getting that unthankful feeling, that was when my anger started setting in. That was when I started victimizing myself. That was when I started uh, causing a fight with my husband. My joy just sort of left because that unthankful feeling set in. So it's very important that during times of joyousness, we remember to give thanks to God. And like this was very elaborate offerings. If you look all the way down here, this was a lot of offerings. But offerings went hand in hand with thankfulness to God. And these would have been provided by the people. If you look at everything that God asks for, 
in the grand scheme of things, this was really for us. It was not necessarily for God. All the sacrifices that God asks for are not really that many. He asks for more to be done on certain holidays, which only would happen once a year. He asks for uh, one to be done at every new month for the atonement of the people that was for us. And then, of course, the Sabbath sacrifice and the daily sacrifice. We look at this stuff as people who don't typically do sacrifices and we're just like, this is so much death. This is so much everything. But this is what needed to happen for the people so that they could be atoned and forgiven of their sins. And of course, now we don't do this because Jesus fulfilled all of this as one perfect sacrifice for every human being. So that is why animal sacrifices don't happen anymore, because God doesn't need them, A, and B, they were really for us the entire time. But like I said before, really the moral of everything is we can look at passages like this and get so bored, like, oh, more sacrifices, or why did God do this, or whatever else kind of questions we might have. But the point is, this shows God's character. It shows how merciful he was, how much he loved us. It can teach us things like we're supposed to be thankful for everything, even during the good times in our life. And it just teaches us more about God's character and his mercy, of course, towards us. Well, friends, thanks for tuning into this episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and learned some things from Numbers chapter 29. We can learn from any portion of the Bible, I believe. And it all ties to the New Testament. It all ties to Jesus, of course. But anyway, guys, if you haven't gone over to p40ministries.com and signed up for emails, then you're definitely missing out because I just sent an email talking a little bit about the podcast. And it's some really exciting news, in my opinion, about how much the podcast has grown, all due to you guys who want to listen in, who want to read scripture. That is why this podcast has grown. So thank you to everybody. And also, if you haven't gone over and subscribed to emails, I will link the website in the description of this podcast episode. But friends, I will see you bright and early tomorrow morning for an episode out of Luke. But until then, happy listening and God bless.